1: all you have is your word and your name and that's huge in business but it's also huge as a person because whatever whatever you believe as a person whatever that word and name means to you is going to come out in everything that you do understand that you as a person you're a brand you're a business i don't care if you work for somebody and this is something that people don't understand if you work with some if you work for somebody you're still a business so what do you want your business or your name and your word to mean to you and what you want it to mean to other people? And then that becomes your brand. And that's what we all about.
0: Turn my mic up. Who are you? Take this Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch you nose in your business. All right, all right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, we are back with another amazing episode. And today, I am in sunny, sunny Florida with the man himself, Mr. Desmond Clark from Bear Dash Down Logistics. There you go. Bear Down Logistics,
1: president and CEO. Uh, Desmond, man, long time coming, man. Yeah, sir. It hadn't really been that long. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that uh, yeah. earlier, man, when I first met you. I was like, oh, man, I ain't ready to have those conversations yet because I'm just getting started. Yep. A few months later, here we are.
0: Here we are, man. Things have taken off. Things are doing well, going in the right direction.
1: So former NFL, mm-hmm.
0: used to play in the league for what, what team?
1: Uh, three years out in Denver, one year in Miami, and then the last eight in Chicago. So okay, I, I identify as a Chicago <laughs> Bear, hence the name Bear Down Logistics. Got it, got it. And what was your position, sir? I played tight end, tight end for 12 years, um, but I came into the league. Um, I was a receiver in college. Okay, I was a quarterback in high school. Okay, so I was always evolving.
0: Got it. So, what type were, were you like? One of the greats, man? Was going on? How was your? Uh... In
1: my own mind, <laughs> yeah. In my own mind, yeah. You know, when, when I was out on the field, you got to feel like you're great, right? <laughs> that's um, a fact. That, that, that's <laughs> you know, some when when um I think about it, I kind of I kind of get wrapped up in in into the fact that. I am the number two pass-catching as far as receptions, touchdowns, and yards um, to only Mike Dick in Chicago Bears history. Okay. And that's, that's kind of humbling to be second to only a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Chicago Bears, had, they got the longest history in the NFL of uh, been in the NFL. So, that's when I look back on that now, um, I take great pride in it, but it's also humbling.
0: Now nah, that's amazing, man.
1: All right, so bear down logistics. What do you guys do? So we are a third party, um, non-asset uh, logistics broker. Uh, we 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 dominate what we do, and what what I mean by that, because people get the wrong the wrong impression when you say dominate, is that man, we we really focus in on the details of the job that we do of going out finding uh, these customers that need shipping um, vendors and partners and then going out and connecting with these carriers and putting the whole thing together in a way where we can look back and say, hey, we dominated these transactions back and forth. So when I say dominate, I tell our guys, we always want to dominate our space. We want to dominate our jobs. We want to dominate the details of what we do. Mm. And that's kind of, the mindset that that we have when, when we're in that office and, and we're doing the job that we do for um, these customers. And I also believe that we do a job for the carriers also, because we give them opportunity to get out and, and carry loads uh, for the customers. Got it. Got
0: it. OK, so we're going to get back into that. But real quick, let's get into your backstory. So born and raised in Florida,
1: born and raised in Florida, man, just uh, a few miles away from here in Lakeland, Florida. Okay, okay, tell me about your, your,
0: your upbringing a little
1: bit. Yeah, so, uh, man, three brothers. My, my youngest brother, I'm, I'm three or four. My youngest brother, he's, he's 12 and a half years younger than me, so he came a little bit later, but uh, grew up, like I said, in Lakeland, Florida, went to Kathleen High School, the home of the Red Devils we got a we got a we got a few good people that came out of there like who? um like Ray Lewis. okay like like Freddie Mitchell okay um if people remember the Sidewinder kicker Paul Edinger, the guy who used to turn his back to the ball and then yeah 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 that that guy that guy uh, you're getting him excited yeah he's a football guy Michigan State guy yeah yeah. Um, all right so I used to hold for him um Torian Gray um you may not remember him he only played a couple years in the league because he tore his ACL but he was a second round draft pick and we um Albert McClellan Super Bowl champion we we had some greats Kenny Gant came out of uh, Kathleen High School the old the old shark from from the Dallas Cowboys so we got a a long rich history of um ball players that come out of Kathleen High School. And don't forget Desmond Clark. And don't forget Desmond Clark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm 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 one of the long list of of people that came out of that high school, man, that, that played professional ball. Um yeah, so growing up, man, not like it is today. We we didn't play the games on the on the um Xboxes and stuff like that. <laughs> we was out there in the yard. Right. Playing right. Pick 'em up bust 'em. You know, we got we got like pick ten, fifteen. Up, hey, if y'all don't know what pick 'em up bust 'em is, let me explain to I you. No, I need to hear you, this. You know, what is it? Come this? on. It's it's one it's one against the world. <laughs> okay. So one one person, like you you pick up the ball uh-huh. and you throw it back, right? And whoever pick up the ball is one against everybody. So whoever pick up the ball, you bust them. them okay. up, pick it up. Bustle. Yes. We, we used to call that "kill the man with the ball." Yeah,
0: remember? Yeah. We used to play "kill the man with the ball," and that hey, that's was, that's too long. That man. was our version of that. It, Pick it, him it, up, bust him. <laughs> Pick it. him up, bust him. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. All right, cool. So you were you a student athlete? Uh were, How was your grades like coming up? Or were you just more so in the, in the in the sport. So,
1: man, I always tell the story, especially when I'm on stage doing motivational speaking stuff. Is I I was lazy smart. (laughs) I was, I was. I can relate. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't want to sound arrogant. I'm I'm a smart guy. Right. But then I only applied it when I need to, when I needed to. Mm. So when it was time to start talking about colleges and things like that, when I'm looking to get a scholarship, that was the only way I was going to go to college. Then they started talking about test scores. And so I passed my tests like early, got that out of the way. But then they said, oh, you got to have a, uh, a certain amount of GPA or whatever. It's like, damn, why y'all didn't tell me that like two years ago? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so now I got to bust my tail my senior year and get my grade point average up. And I think my senior year, I had all ba- all A's and three B's. Okay. So I'm able to apply myself. Um, in the NFL combine, they have this thing called the wonderlick Okay. Um, and and I scored a 36 on that, which I understand is is pretty high. But Was it wonderlick yeah, the wonderlick kind is of that? assessment. What it's like an assessment test. Okay, just who you are as like a player? Like you've no, no, no. They, they, they're, they're oh, your They're mind. testing, your, they're your, testing your smarts and your Oh, emotions. they want to know. Okay, okay got it. Yeah, got yeah. It. So um, there's been some pretty historic moments with that with, with some players that actually plummeted because of the test score. Um, I, I don't know of too many who kind of went up because of the test score. But, yeah, they, it supposedly measure your intelligence like and IQ. Type of Yeah, test. and 36 was, I remember Coach Shanahan, uh, one time I kept screwing up stuff um, in camp. He was like, did you make some kind of stupid test score? Like, you're supposed to be some intelligent <laughs> guy, but you're acting <laughs> dumb as hell right now on this football field. <laughs> yeah, you know how coaches talk <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, you. for sure. Yeah. They're going to break you down. Exactly, exactly. No doubt. All right, cool. So after you graduate school, you go to college? Go to college. What college? Go to Wake Forest University. Can't be a dummy getting into Wake Forest University. Nah, you definitely can Yeah, so um went there. I actually struggled my first uh, semester there because I was actually playing football and trying to learn how to study because I never studied mm. in, in in high school. So that was new to me. I actually went and got on academic probation after my first semester. And okay. that, that was that wake-up call. That's when I stopped being um, lazy smart. Got it. That's when I got my my act together and started studying and started really paying attention to my work. and. And being proactive instead of reactive, um, and from there I never never had an issue. Um After four years, I left. I didn't graduate after four years, but I left, and that's when I went to the league. I eventually went back and got my degree and graduated in 2007. Mm. Um, after I left in, in 1999, where are you studying? Communications. And you got the degree in communications. Got a degree. I got. I, I got it. It's hanging up on the wall. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you're a communicator. Officially, ah, I love to be a communicator, man. <laughs> this,
1: the power of words are, I mean, words can start wars. That's right. And words can make people fall in love. That's a fact. So you got the full range of what words can actually do. Yeah. And, and I love that, and I love being able to use words to motivate people, to encourage people, to get people. Um, like we talked about earlier. To see the greatness within themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I like that. So what made you decide to leave before uh leave for the league before graduating initially?
1: Well, my four years was up. <clears throat> okay. So I, I stayed all four years, but I was 12 credits short um, when I left. And so I just had to come back and finish up those credits. It's not like I left early, like okay. as a junior or anything like that. Okay, got it. Um but one of the things that I did actively uh or proactively do. When I was in school, after I was on academic probation that first semester, I was very strategic about the classes that I took. And I wanted to take a course load that I can excel at and not overwhelm myself with all of the, the other things that I had to do sports-wise with football and and training and practicing. So when I left after four years, I was still 12 credits short.
0: Got it. Got it. Tell me about that transition into the league, man. How was that?
1: Man, that transition into the league was one that it was tough at the beginning. Yeah. First of all, I didn't play tight end ever before in my life. Okay. So before I come- you said you were
0: holding the ball, right? You, were, you, you said you- I was hold, a quarterback.
1: You were a quarterback. And I, you, was, and I was a holder-, holder in, too, right? In, in high school. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I, I was a holder all the way throughout, um, all the way through the, through the league. Um, but I played receiver in college, and then I got drafted as a tight end. Mm. So, trying to learn an entire size, it, it was, it had a, the size. Yeah, I was 250 pounds coming out of um, college. Mm-hmm. So, I was like one of the biggest receivers, if not the biggest receiver in college. Gotcha. Um, ever. I don't know if it's ever been a 250 pound receiver. <laughs> um, you got to go back and check the annals yeah, on that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that transition of always been outside in space, moving around to now you're down there where hey, it's 300-pounders down there, and yeah. it's a tussle. It's a fight every play, and not being as big as strong as some of those guys early on or, quite frankly, ever in my career, um, learning a whole nother language, learning how to move around in these tight spaces, uh, it was intimidating, and, and it was a big-time adjustment because it was a whole different game. From being like outside where you only got one person within five yards of you. Yeah. Now I got six people within five yards of me every time I, I I um line up for a play.
0: Yeah. Did did you feel like your your life was gonna change like emotionally? How was it for you getting into the league? Did you I mean I, I don't know how you grew up and we didn't really talk about financially. Yeah. Um, but did you come up with like middle class or <clears throat> no nah, man,
1: we came up we came up um it's funny that I say that I'm saying you came up rough, but when you're in it, right, you that's all you know. Right. So you don't know that you're coming up rough. Looking back, you understand. Looking you back, came up you like when you don't have lights, um, when you live in an apartment, and you don't have a refrigerator, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, your your dad is addicted to drugs and and you know, you just fall on hard times because of that. At the time it was like, hey, we just, we just living. But looking back on it, it's like, damn, like we came through a lot. Mm. But I think the reason why we were able to see it like we seen it is because my mom, she always uh, gave us the perspective of we're, we're, we're always going to be okay. Yeah. As long as we have us, we have enough. I remember my mom telling us that and, and she made us believe that by the way that she carried herself. Mm. And so it was one of those things like just day to day, we just keep going, we just keep going. Yeah, we'll go to school and you know, looking a little dusty, got on the, <laughs> don't have on the latest pair of shoes, you know, got on the XJ nine hundreds from Payless, <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's okay, you know, yeah. it's okay, we're gonna be okay. And just coming up out of that um, and looking back on it, especially I think like you was leading to, you, you get into the league and you get that first check and I was a six-round draft pick, so I wasn't a uh, uh, first round or second round where I made big money coming out, but getting that first check for 60 grand for, for a signing bonus, and then you're looking at it it's like, hold on, this is thirty-six thousand six hundred and thirty-seven dollars. This ain't sixty grand. Hold on. I thought y'all told me I was gonna get paid sixty grand, man. Hey, right, hold on. Who the hell is FICA? <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I don't know, Fica. Right. Yeah. Right, right. It, it just having that shock. But then at the same time, man, I got 36600 dollars and something dollars here. Right. I ain't never seen that much money before in my life. That's you know, right. I thought I was rich. Yeah. Um, so yeah, emotionally it changed, right? Um, but I still had to go and make the team. Okay. Still had to go and make the team, and that was gonna be a challenge. These cats had three great tight ends. And they had just won two Super Bowls Mm. back-to-back. They got a Hall of Famer by the name of Shannon Sharp. They got Dwayne Carswell, who they call House. Um, They got Byron Chamberlain, uh, who actually went on to Minnesota and became a a Pro Bowler. House made the Pro Bowl. And then, like I said, Shannon Sharp was a Hall of Famer. Mm. I never played a position before. Right. And they only keep three tight ends. That's all they kept for the last however many years, right? Yeah. So mentally, when I get out there, I'm already thinking, I can't be as good as these guys right here. You know, they just won two Super Bowls. And Shannon Sharp got hurt in the last Super Bowl, and it was these two guys right here, the backups, that that carried them um, as far as the tight end position. So I'm sitting there, and 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 I'm really talking myself out of the position because I'm thinking – they're not gonna keep four I'm not as good as these guys and that 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 play with how I was performing mm-hmm. and if one thing I could do I could run good <clears throat> routes and I could catch the football I was dropping passes i was I was messing up plays like I said smart guy yeah. but out there just messing up plays and and it was all because of that mindset, but then it changed once um and, and I wish I could remember the scout name, but to this day, I can't recall his name. He told me to stop looking at everybody else. And he said, because you're not as good as them. But, <clears throat> wow. He didn't mean it in like a derogatory way. Right. He told me to go back to my room and ask myself, how good do I want to be? Mm. Now how good Shannon Sharp and Dwayne Caldwell and, you know, Byron Chamberlain. Don't worry about them. How good do you want to be? And then he said, now once you decide how, how good you want to be, and, and that word decide is very meaningful. Once you decide how good you want to be, now you have to determine how good are you right now. And he said, every day, how good you want to be, how good you are. Every day come with something that you're focused on so eventually every day you get to the point where you're, you're as good as you want to be. Wow. And it's not, it's not going to happen overnight. And that's when I learned the true meaning of self-motivated. Because I'm not worried about how good you are with what you do. You know, I could look at you and I could take things away from you. And, and I could study you so I could become better. But I'm not comparing myself to you. Yeah. I'm only comparing myself to me. And once I got that mind shift, next thing I know, I was retiring from the NFL 2010 and played 12 years.
0: Mm. Wow.
1: Yeah.
0: They say comparison is a theft of joy, right?
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Wow. So uh, was
0: it, excuse me, for for your family, how'd they look at you, like getting into the NFL? Did it change like your relationship with your family? It didn't. Come, no, it didn't. Um, and, and you hear your friends like coming from a you know a humble beginnings, and now they're looking at you in the NFL. Right? Or all that, like, how did that work?
1: It didn't. It didn't change anybody. And I know you hear so many stories of, and you you get the you get the money, and now you get people coming out of the woodworks. now nah, I ain't have no woodworks. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't no shed over there. Yeah, yeah. Um. Mom, Dad stayed the same, man. brothers always stayed the same. You know, when when it was time to help out, then nobody come like demanding anything. Matter of fact, it was only a few times that people even asked for anything. Yeah. It was just, hey, um, when 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 help is needed, you just helped out. Got and it. I appreciated that f- f- from my family. Um, my friends, my friends stayed the same. I didn't have a whole lot of friends to begin with. Still don't have a whole lot of friends now. And it's been consistent ever since. So, um, I think in that that aspect I was very fortunate that I didn't have that outside pressure yeah um to to take care of anybody you know I you know gave my mom and my dad down payments on for homes um I bought my mom a car here um helped my brother with a down payment for a home but nothing nothing crazy man uh, my family they They work for their own. Love that, and 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 I could I look back on that now and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, and and the thing is, you know, especially you know when it comes to athletes and
0: and entertainers, a lot of times people think that you know guys have more than you maybe even have, right? Right. Like they just assume like you're in the league, you got it, you got it. So I mean, sometimes there's that pressure trying to live up to. You know, something that maybe you can't even, you couldn't even do if you wanted to. Right. right. You know what I mean? So, you, you said you're in the league for 12 years? In the league for 12 years. So, at, at like the height of your career, what was the most you were getting paid in the NFL?
1: Um, over 12 years, I made $15 million. Okay. They made $15 million in a couple games these days. <laughs> <laughs> they do, um, it's true. So, it's like $1.5 a year if you average it out, though,
0: over over the time, right? If yeah, a, a, almost over, over all, the full, almost. Yeah,
1: um, more like one point two five. Yeah, to be exact. Yeah, that's that's the exact number. That's the exact like. number. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, math is getting good. I'll be mathing. <laughs> I'm 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 getting closer though. One point. my biggest contract was after my worst year. That followed my best year. So I had 51 catches in 2001, six touchdowns as a backup. Um, And then I got hurt in camp, and then I went to Miami. I had two catches for 22 yards. And then I signed with the Chicago Bears in 2003, six years, $9 million. And at the time, that was like a top 10 contract for, for a tight end. Okay. So, um yeah, it, that was that was a blessing then yeah, yeah. like um when people look at that now it's like man you must have been third string <laughs> <laughs> that was a top 10 tight end contract back sure. then um so that was like my biggest my biggest payday and then my last contract that I had um with the Bears I signed for two years uh five million. Okay. Yeah.
0: How how did you manage your money? Were you an investor? did you spend your money? Like how how were you with your finances? So
1: um terrible terrible if, if i'm just going to be honest about it but not in a terrible way where i was just blowing it um i try to do a lot of things with my money to invest right but here's what i learned um when you're investing if you don't have time to monitor it and you don't know anything about it you're putting yourself in a tough spot right and with me i tried to start a lot of businesses with it um and I was trying to start a lot of businesses so I could put like my family on. Like I say, they didn't, they didn't ask me to do any of this. This was me saying, hey, let's start this landscaping business, right? Now that we got the landscaping business, you know, my stepfather and some other family members, and, um, now they can eat, right? And then it was, hey, let's go out and let's buy some properties. My brother, property manager, right? Now you can manage these properties and, you know, we can invest. Two thousand eight hit, mm. two thousand nine. Right when I mean millions of dollars um, invested in properties and in developments. Right, uh, so I don't know. I don't know if you want to call that like terrible investing, or just or, poor or, timing, or poor timing. But I did make a a terrible investment where I was investing into um, uh, gas pipes in infrastructure. Right. With, with a company that wasn't a company, it ended up to be a Ponzi scheme. Oh wow. $750,000. And the only way I figured it out is after, you know, the 2008, 2009, you know, everything got exposed, right? The, my my attorney called me and he's he's like, hey, so what, what do you got your money invested in? And I sent him everything. And he came back and said, hey, over here where you got this $750,000, this is kind of too good to be true. And I was like, Well, the checks have been coming in kind of sporadically now. Right. You know, they were coming in like just (laughs) every month. Yeah. Every month I was getting my 2%. But then when he looked into it, uh, by the time he got finished looking into it, the checks stopped coming. And that's how we eventually found out it was a Ponzi scheme. Oh, wow. So now you lose $750,000 just like that. And now, you know, that's two thousand ten. I retired in 2010. Yeah. So leaving the game minus $750,000, that's a big lump. Uh, So when I say I handle it bad, the one thing that I always um, subscribe to is uh, responsibility over fault. I can, we can put fault anywhere, right? But whose responsibility is it to manage my money? Right. It's my responsibility. For sure. So I take that responsibility and and it and it wasn't managed in a great way. Now, that's not to say that hey, I'm I'm not good and and I'm not in a good spot. Um but I feel like if I would have made smarter decisions, then I would be in a better spot. Got it. Right? But but it sounds like you you were trying to do the right thing.
0: It wasn't like yeah. you were just squandering and just throwing money away. No, I wouldn't buy this. You know I wasn't buying Bugattis yeah. and you know,
1: <laughs> going out on all these wonderful uh LA escapades <laughs> in the nightclub, throwing money and, and buying yeah. the bar. Nah. Now you're making good you're trying
0: to make good investments, right. what, what was perceived as good investments. Right. Where would where, you I'm I'm just curious, the, the Ponzi scheme, how'd you learn about that? Not not the fact that it was a Ponzi scheme, but just the investment opportunity to begin with.
1: It happened in the locker room. Okay. Um, and 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 with the Chicago Bears. It was um about seven, eight, nine of us, maybe, that was all in it. And then it was about 40 people across the league.
0: Oh wow. Yeah.
1: So this was something that man, and and I I, I can't, I can't really, I can't wrap my head around how can someone come sit at your table, eat dinner with you and your kids, and and they're scheming. Right. So I'm 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 gonna be transparently honest here. People see me right here, like this right here, but they forget kind of, yeah, I came up rough. The other side <laughs> comes out. Right. <laughs> right. And for me, I mean and I meant every word of it at the time. If I find you, I'ma do blank, 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 blank. Yeah, blank. Yeah, yeah, You know what I'm saying? And then after a few of those calls, I started thinking to myself, man, there are some other dudes out here. I'm talking, right? I know I ain't about to go and like, kill nobody or do, do nothing like that. <laughs> right. But that's, that. those are my emotions, right? For sure. But I started looking at some of these other names on this list. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, they bout, they bout that like, they may go and do it. And then this dude wind up dead. Oh, my goodness. And they check his phone. Yeah. I'm right. going to be already talking about. Right. When I find you. I'm going Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, let me stop doing that. For sure. Because now, did I want to, would I have smacked him if I was saying it? Probably so. Definitely. But that's. You had that coming do. though. Yeah. But um, I started thinking about that, man. I was like, oh, man, let me stop doing this. And then what I pivoted to after that. Is look that money ain't coming back. Yeah, stop dwelling on it. Just like you made that seven hundred and fifty, you can go back and make it again. I'm a smart dude, man. Yeah, wow. And I know I keep, I know I keep saying that, but I, I truly believe that. I truly believe that whatever I want to create, I can. It ain't gonna happen overnight. It ain't gonna happen just like that. It's gonna take putting the team together. With something that big, but there's there's nothing that I put past myself that if I want to actually let me let me rephrase that. I hate when people say yeah, they want to do this or that. When I s when I say to myself now I'm willing to put in the work to get that done. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that I can't get accomplished. And like I said, with the help of other people. Yeah. yeah. So this was a player? No, somebody who just kind of got into the locker room. He, he got in the locker room through other players. Got right? it. Got so it. wow, and you know how puns and schemes work. Everything is great, right? Yeah. The money's first, coming in. Yeah, you know. So yeah, let me introduce Robin you to Peter my guy. To pay Paul. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's good for me. Let me introduce you. Put my put my homeboys Makes on sense. right, and then that's how it happened. So I fell yeah. apart. Yep.
0: Wow. All right. So you retire with. That happening, mm-hmm. 750 in the hole. Um, but you probably have other things going on. But now you have to get out of the NFL and you have to start looking into your life after the real loop. life. Talk about it.
1: Real life. That's what I call it. I call it the real world. Yeah. Uh, cause playing football for, you know, from the age of six to thirty-four, especially playing in the NFL, that's that's like that's a dream, man. yeah. That's a dream. But now, you know, coming out and figuring out, hey, what what am i gonna do next because i gotta do i gotta do something like i'm 34. got a long life so um i started off in real estate and then i got into um being a financial advisor i, I took all my tests um passed past my series seven my series 66 i'm smiling because the guys at at the job they kept telling me man if you don't pass the test the first time it's okay <laughs> they're but setting they, you up for that huh? but they kept telling me that and i got this complex like damn they think i'm dumb or something <laughs> um but i passed i passed both of them the first time come to find out the owner of the company had failed it 3 times oh wow so they they were like and he got down on himself so they was trying to like Right. If I do fail, don't get down on right, yourself. Right, right, right. But it. they ain't tell me all of that. I got was it. like, man, they think I'm dumb or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I went and knocked it out both of them first time. And and man, I want to. How many of you guys that got series seven and sixty six went and knocked both of them out the first time? Mm. Yeah, it's, that's an elite class. I'll, I'll wait. Yeah, I'll wait. That's an elite class. <laughs> but so I started doing financial advising. Um, with with a smaller firm, uh, Wayne Messmer and Associates up in Chicago. Then I moved up to Mass Mutual, uh, where I met my partner, uh, Manny, Manny, um, Manny, a Umesqua shouts out to my guy Manny. He's the CEO of Mass Mutual Great Lakes. He runs the entire Michigan market. But we started off in Chicago. We developed a um team um and a practice. And once he moved over to that to that Michigan market, um, that separation, um, led me into different directions, um, then I, I went full-time into speaking and leadership coaching. Okay. Because that's truly my passion. I, I love it. I could do it all day, every day. Got it. I think just from what was given to me throughout my life, man, it's greatness. Like The people I've been able to learn from, Um, Play under, learn business under, (laughs) nothing short of greatness. And now I want to, I like giving all that back, all those experiences and everything that I went through. I love giving that back. So um, while doing all of the motivational speaking and the marketing for motivational speaking, that's when I was introduced to logistics. Okay. How'd that happen? (laughs) Um, My partner, Brian, uh, from Dre Depot, he seen the stuff that I was doing out there, marketing, and he just just reached out on LinkedIn. Like, let's have a conversation. Okay. And he, he had some ideas about how we can co-market ourselves. That eventually led into a conversation about me potentially coming over and working with him. And that's when I started learning about the logistics um, game and, and the hustle of it and, and how things work. And, and he is a drainage provider only he's been in other sectors but he's a uh, Dreage provider only hence the name dre depot yeah and as that conversation kept going the question of okay if you're only doing Drayage, what about all these other modes of transportation why don't you do any of that he said he wanted to stay very very uh, precise in that niche that he was in so the next question was because i seen the 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 relationships right well, how much opportunity are you letting float past just by standing in this small niche? And when he said, uh, ah, any given month, a hundred to three hundred thousand, that's when I was like, hold on. Bing. Right. Hold on. A hundred to three hundred thousand? And that's when I started asking more questions about all right, how do you, how do you actually do this? Can I make a hundred to three hundred thousand partnering with you? I do, you know, the the over-the-road. Um, with the vans, the box trucks and not the box trucks, but the vans and the the flatbeds and and the reefers and all of this other stuff. If if I'm doing all of that and you're doing dredge, your customers can become my customers and my customers can become your customers if we work together in that way. And that's kind of how, that's not kind of how it all started. That is how it started. Mm. And, And so I came up with the idea, hey, maybe we don't work together as me working for your company work together as i'll have this company that does this you have your company that does that and we could work together in that way and once he said hey well if that's what you want to do i'm all aboard that's when it all started that's when the studying b- began and um and about seven months later we we started operations in may of 2022. got it
0: okay so may 2022 all right so Basically, you you see this opportunity, he's doing Dre's, but you, you're saying like there's tons of opportunity out there in, in other niches, right? And you wanna kind of, um, you wanna fill that void. Mm-hmm. All right, so you said you start kind of studying and trying to learn as much as you can. So just tell me about that process, just learning about um, the business. What, what, what did you do to learn? Did you shadow him? Um, just
1: tell me about that. Google and YouTube. Okay. Google and YouTube. I tell my kids this and I'll tell anybody who will listen, you can become an expert in something in a short few months if you just engulf yourself into whatever that is and research everything using Google and YouTube. Mm. And then eventually you have to talk to people that's doing it out here in the real world and have face-to-face conversations. So between Google and YouTube and actually connecting with maybe three people in the industry, and bouncing questions off of them from stuff that I'm seeing, stuff that I'm reading. That's how it all came about until I got enough confidence. I actually started the company in October of 2021 because I had decided that I was gonna do it. It wasn't until later on in 2022 where I developed the confidence to put money behind it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So that confidence was um, built up by doing that study. and and looking at um, shows like yours, shows like uh, Freight 360, um, looking at, trying to look at Freight Waves, but at the time I couldn't understand that high level of of verbiage and language that they would use um, on most of their shows. Uh, So just really trying to find the the podcast and and the information that I could consume so I could understand what needs to be done just to enter the business. And and once I once I got over that that fright of man, I don't know enough to get started, I said, all right, hope this ain't another stupid investment. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got another 750 in me, right? Yeah. <laughs> but here's six figures. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And let's go. And for those first first couple months, um, it was just me over in my apartment complex, over in the common area upstairs. Dowling, Dallin, Dallin. What? Who are you? Um, no thank you. Well screw you too. <laughs> um I was tell I was telling one of my salespeople I got I got a new guy and he had a rough day yesterday. Yeah. I was like, man, when people been been dickheads, just have fun with it. I was just That's like, right. just have fun with it. It's the best way to like, do it. You know, you don't necessarily gotta tell them, but screw you too. <laughs> I I was um telling him about a um an email that I got once when I sent out this email saying, hey, we are the best at what we do. And, you know, uh, two-paragraph email, and the guy wrote back, you are not the best at what you do. You can't even spell my name right. Ooh. I didn't even take it like that. I was like, okay. I was like, you know what? You're right. I am not the best at spelling people's names. <laughs> but since I got your name right, can I call you? right right, right. so and he didn't respond gave him some time so i respond i responded again hey did i get your name right i just want to make sure that i got your name right this time just let me know if i got your name right right he still didn't respond i was like okay this is my last time um reaching out to you if i didn't get your name right i am so so sorry please forgive me and I will never bother you again. <laughs> so he never did respond, right, right, right. but for me, it right. was like, I could take this like one or two ways. I can sit here and get down about it. let just have fun with it, man. Like yeah. I'm I'm dialing, I'm emailing. I might as well, what am I gonna get down for? Yeah. So that's that was my whole thing. Just dial, just dial, just dial. And I finally got that one. The lady must've thought that I had been doing this for a while. Okay. Okay. And she's like, you know what? We we do have something that uh, we need to have shipped. Um, you know, how can I send send it over to you?
0: Yeah. And, and just just for context, just explain to the people like when you're dialing, what what does your pitch sound like? What what is the service that you're telling that people that you're selling? Just explain everything. So you you want me to tell them how I was lying at the
1: beginning? Tell them exactly how <laughs> you was lying in the beginning. Talk 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 about it. So um, Brian Rice had taught me this pitch of. Hey, we deliver in your area, right, to uh, a light company like yours. So we know the type of the type of freight that you ship and we have capacity that's up in your area. So that was my pitch. Hey, this is Desmond Clark. I'm just reaching out to you. Um, I seen that you have this company in this area. We deliver a lot of loads in that area to companies that similar to yours. And we'll just love the chance to, to be able to move freight for you. If you are, you know, you have any freight that, that you need to, to have moved. Yeah. Something is, these are are shippers. Yeah. It's something as, as basic, basic as that. Right. And that was, that, that was all I had at the time anyway. Got it. And, um,
0: and just real quick before you, where are you finding these shippers? Where are you finding this information? I bought
1: a, I bought a list. Um, and that list autopilot. Okay. Yeah. I bought that list. And I'm just going down and and, and I started in Illinois Got because it. I figured at least some people know my name. Okay. And um, but this lady, she didn't know. She just had something that was available and she needed she needed it shipped. Okay. And I was nice and um I had a good presentation. And she was like, So, you know, how 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 can I send it over to you for a quote? So I told her how to send it over. And when when she sent it over, I'm like, oh, damn. Now what? <laughs> now Why? what do I do? Yeah, <laughs> right. So so I called Brian up. Brian, I finally got somebody who's going to let me quote something, man. Can you help me quote it? So he helped me quote it. Um, I sent the quote back. And they accepted. Okay. So now my that heart could be is a, That could
0: be a good or a
1: bad yeah, thing. So yeah, <laughs> so now my heart is pounding. It's like, okay. I felt comfortable with the quote because I didn't do it myself, right? I had some help doing that. So I, I felt comfortable that I can go out and find a truck for that price because I relied on a veteran to help me do it. But now is now I gotta go out and, and sell this to, to the carrier. That's right. So now I gotta pick up the phone and call the carriers because no one called me when I posted it. So I actually had to pick, and, and I'm glad it happened that way the first time um, because now I understood how I got to get on the phone and actually sell this load to someone, and I had I had I think I got paid like fifteen hundred dollars. I think I ended up selling that load for for thirteen hundred something like that. Mm-hmm. And I had to sell it like, hey man, this is a this is a good price according to that. It's a little bit over average. Um, it's only going this far, um, and, and whatever I had to say at the time, the guy is like he settled with me. It's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll go. I'll go ahead and take it. Um, and that's how I got my first one. It took it took like three weeks for me to get that first load. Mm. And then I delivered that first load and she came right back to me the next week with another load. I was like, man, this 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 is is sweet. This is gonna work. (laughs) (laughs) This is gonna work. So I got those first two loads right within like a week of each other. And I ain't get another low for like three, three more weeks. Mm. <laughs> so I was, I was actually getting disappointed, right? And this is just you at this point. This is right? just me. Right. Is, because here's, here's the thing that I wanted to do. When I played football, the worst coach that I had was a coach that never played before.
0: Mm.
1: He would tell me to do things that I couldn't understand. How do you want me to get that done? But the worst part was he couldn't explain to me, how do I get that done? Just go get it done. Just, you know, just go out here, whatever. <laughs> right. No, no, no. I need to like, tell me the technique. Tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I had that in my head. Like, let me learn the techniques. Let me understand how to do this. So when I do hire someone, I can gain their respect enough because I already been through it. I've already done it. Mm. And I thought, that, I thought that was gonna be important as I went to build this company. Because I, I knew it wasn't just gonna be me. It was gonna be other people that I was gonna bring, bring on. Right. So how do I gain their respect? How do I go out and, and recruit a seven year veteran that's been doing it for that long? And I don't know jack nothing about anything. That's right. So I took my lumps early on to learn how to do this. I probably booked 20 loads on my own. Um, before I started looking outside to to actually um, bring people on. Mm. And, and it was one of those things, like I said at the beginning, I had to gain that confidence by YouTube and Google and talking to the three people that I was talking to. But once I got started to gain that confidence, I actually had to go out, dial, get rejected, have somebody to give me an opportunity, figure out how to do that on my own so I shouldn't say on my own. I did have help of of coaching through that, but figuring out how to to get to that finish line, you know, a few times before I can have confidence going out and hiring somebody and saying that, like, look, I'm I'm your superior or I'm the authority for this company, right? It just wouldn't make any sense any any other way to me right for sure
0: nah it makes total sense um so that first load what type of load was it or those first couple
1: of loads it was all um big machinery okay I don't know exactly what it was but it was some type of big machinery um and I think I had it on the um on the commodity as machinery. Okay. It was big. It was like 26, 27,000 pounds. Got it. And it was just like one piece. Got it. So um, it was it was big machinery coming out of um, uh, out of Illinois. Okay.
0: So as you, you you said you probably booked about twenty something loads or whatever by yourself. So obviously she became like a repeat customer. Yes. And as you started to grow and book more loads, did you start looking for loads in that that similar similar space or? How did you go about finding more work?
1: No, I, I I was just trying to find anything that I could find, right? I had this huge list. Okay. And if if they if they would let me ship it, I was gonna figure out a way to get it shipped. Okay. And and I think that's coming when you first get into the business, right? You just gotta drive revenue. And that was my whole focus. How do I drive revenue? Because here I am, I done put this money into it. Now I got insurance and i got all these um different softwares and this and that i mean right off top I had to spend ten thousand dollars i mean you got to get your mc and all of this other stuff so and every month it's it's calculating that's right um so for me it was like how do how do i just get more revenue in here so it was it was um spray and pray i was i was calling on any and, and everybody to to get um more shipments and i got I got some steel shipments. I I shipped some steel coils early. Um, I shipped some wood early. Um, I was shipping some machinery early. And I got in with a couple freight forwarders where I was shipping some machinery for for them that was coming uh, from across seas. That was stressful because stuff is sitting uh, in storage and they only have like, a couple days that they got to get it out or they get charged, you know, whatever storage fees. So they'll let you know, hey, this is what we're paying you, but it's got to be out before this certain date. And so that just added another level of stress. But um, I yeah, it was it was what whatever I can get my hands on at that time. It's a little different now that I have people that work with me um, so we could be a little bit more strategic with what we're doing. But early on, Let's drive revenue and let's let's get back to even where the company is no longer losing money. Um, we're actually making money now. Got it. How long did it take you to kind of get into that
0: flow where you felt like you understood your business? You know, you you had like a process. Like, how how long did that take for you?
1: I'll let you know when I get there. Mm. And I say that seriously, because. When I came into this business, I came into this business knowing that I'm not the expert in logistics. I came into this business knowing that I'm an expert motivator. I'm an expert leadership coach. That's that's what I am, right? I just needed to know enough about this business that I can go out and recruit other people that want it to be great and use this business to be great in. Mm. And from there, that's how I always wanted to build this business. Not me being an expert in logistics, I, I still got a lot to learn. I lean on I lean on these guys all the time. And I'll be the first one to tell you, they know way more than I know. But when it comes to, man, I, I know how to tweak these guys. I know how to get them motivated. I know how to keep them going. All that type of stuff. I know how to get them to tap into their greatness. Um, that's what I do. You
0: do what you do best. I do what I do best. best.
1: I tell them all the time. My my job, first of all, is to go out and find people who not want to be great. And I said this earlier. Everybody wants to be great. Like you go ask a hundred people out there. Man, you want to be great in something? Of course, yeah, I want to be. That means nothing. It's the people that are willing to be great. And the difference is this are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to put in the sacrifice? Are you willing to go through the hard times? Are you willing to go through the grind to get to that reward of whatever that is? But ultimately, having that outside recognition that you're great at what you do, at what you do. Mm. And for us and for myself, We don't have like um, company values, so to speak. We have what I call a process of greatness. And we talk about it all the time. That process is executing the details in excellence consistently over time. And if it doesn't line up with that, we eradicate any other behaviors, right? And we encourage and we we celebrate all, all behaviors that's within that process. Because it's not hard to be, well, let me say, it's simple to be great. It's not easy. But think about that statement, execute the details and excellence consistently over time. Execute just means finish from beginning to end. That's right. Now the details, from beginning to end, there's so many details from beginning to end. We gotta make sure that we're paying attention to all of those details. Right, and there's a lot of details in logistics, That's as right. you know. That's right. It's a ton of details. And we gotta, and we got to perform those details in an excellent manner. And we can't do it sometimes. We gotta do it consistently. Yeah. And then over time, you keep doing that, somebody's gonna look at you and say, man, you're great at what, what you do. You're gonna have your customer saying, I love working with you because you're great at what you do. And that's what that's what I rely on to build this business is recruiting people who want to enter that process of greatness. Mm. And it's, it's, it's almost like a game <laughs> because <laughs> once you win, you can't get out <laughs> because it's a process. Yeah, It's not a finish it's line. It's an initiation. It's not a finish line to it. Yeah. And those are the people that I'm looking for. There's no finish line to this. To a process,
0: it's, it's, it's just it's, it's continuous, ongoing, ongoing, right? And, Indefinite.
1: And it's the outside people that validate that process. That validate that process, right? To say, okay, yeah, your process is great. Mm. We we don't even recognize it. We just recognize the process. So, when it comes to building this business, and, and say, hey, like you asked me, when did you get to that point where you where you knew enough and felt comfortable? And all of this, I'm not there yet on the logistics side, but I'm there with the leadership and I'm there with understanding people and knowing what type of people that I want. And listen, that's gonna make the business great, right? I don't care. I don't care if this was selling cars, selling furniture, or whatever. I feel like when you have that type of model, the business is just a vehicle for the people to develop the greatness, mm. right? And that's gonna make the business great.
0: Got it. it, it it's interesting because a lot of people, when they start a business, they kind of put everything on, on themselves to grow the business. And then later down the line, they think about team building, mm-hmm. right? And hiring. But it seems like you got into this knowing like, hey, I'm building a team here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna know just en- enough to be the coach Mm-hmm. But but I'm going into this to build a team of people that's gonna execute this on a daily basis.
1: Right. Now, yeah. let me say this. I know enough of my stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want people to be thinking, oh man, this dude don't even know anything about logistics. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I know enough about logistics and, and I got a I got a, a thirst for um knowledge also. Right. So I'm always I'm always learning um about it. But yeah, it's when 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 you look at it the other way you don't have to worry about what the business is you get the right people putting them into the right system and the right process yeah the business is take care of itself
0: got it how long was it until you uh before you hired your first person tell me about that first
1: hire august 22nd um they remember the exact day i won't forget it it was so much pressure <laughs> <laughs> the first day the actual day it's, it's, it's so much pressure i hired my first two people um Man, the question that I asked them and everybody since is one, three, five years out, what's your personal vision for yourself? Then, how does Bear Down Logistics help you get there? Right, that's the question that I want people to go deep into. Yeah. Because if bear down logistics can't help them to get to their um, to their vision that they have for themselves in the next one to three to five years, then what are we what are we doing this for? I don't want people just to come and work a job. I want people to come and create create a life. Yeah, and that's what I'm. That's what I try to offer to anybody who walked through those doors is, can you see you yourself creating the life that you want to live? By coming here every day and doing the work and entering into this process of greatness, and, and once we do that, now we can now we can have a, a conversation about the the ABCs and the one two threes of logistics. Yeah.
0: What What does the hiring process look for, look like for you in terms of onboarding and uh, you know bringing your salespeople on? Because for the most part, you're, all your people are salespeople, right?
1: No. So we we have um, we have uh, the account managers, okay, which are are the salespeople. We also have the um our operations uh which do all the tracking, tracing, billing. And then we also have our um carrier reps who you know work with the carriers. So three three different three different lanes that, that people travel with the business. But that that process of hiring, man, is really just for me, just going back to what I said, it doesn't even matter. Oh, I'm not gonna say it doesn't matter. Your, your time that you spent in this industry, and now since I know enough to, to coach it, is secondary to your, your will. It's secondary to your vision. Um, I want people who are driven and I want people that have a big, big vision. Hmm. Because I believe that this industry can drive um, towards most people's vision Cause it's, it's unlimited with the, with the structure of pay commissions. I think most people can get to where they want to go in this business. Yeah. So my, my hiring process is, is really trying to understand the will, the vision and the drive of, of that person, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to drive them. Um, I drove a few people out. (laughs) <laughs> no I, because and 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 i take that personal yeah, also yeah because i didn't do a good job up front true true right and then it feels bad when you when you have to let somebody go because they got a family that's right you know um they got people that they're trying to to feed and, and take care of and to let someone go i mean i don't take that lightly but i'm I feel like I messed that up. Again, fault and responsibility, right? I can say it's their fault because they didn't do this. They didn't do that. But it was my responsibility from the beginning to understand that they probably wouldn't have worked out. And so now, and that just happened recently um, at the beginning of March. So now, um, I promised my team just today, I will not bring anybody else to sit in these seats that don't have a reservation for them. And the reservation Only for those people that have the will and the drive to want to be great. And I promise them that I will vet people the right way and take my time to do it. So the bus is not overcrowded with people who who are not as driven as the people who are in that room. And, you know, if I make a promise, I got to keep it. So that's right. um, Yeah, man, it's. I don't know if that answered your question about the hiring process. Yeah. But it's a lot of conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a strict one, two, three ABC. Right. But those are the things that I'm looking at. Got it. And, and you said your people are commissioned, and how do you pay your, your salespeople? So base plus commission. Base I do, plus commission. Okay. I do have um, one guy. He came over. He was like, hey, is there a way that we could do a commission on structure? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but they want more commission. Right? Yeah, they, he, he higher because he probably confident I, in his skills. I, I loved it because we start we started out at, at a at a you know a commission split of fifty fifty. And he said, only thing I want is the opportunity to move up to where I'm 70 30. I said, okay, let me work on that. Mm. Let me work on that. So now we have he he's in this scale where as his um production goes up, so does his commission split. Right and i and I love that to have a guy that believes in himself enough that he want to max out his potential earning potential and not be capped by having a a salary plus a lower commission no right. give me all commission right and I'm coming over here starting at zero and i'll I'll make it happen i hired I hired that guy with the quickness all day yeah because he has the will uh because if he didn't he wouldn't be he has a family yeah so that showed me right away he has the will to want to be great at what he does because he's willing to bet on himself. Now,
0: are you looking for for people with a certain with a certain book of business uh, already having, or are you bringing like entry level uh, people? So,
1: both, both, both. I think um, to to bring the person with the book of business, I'm a little bit more hesitant to bring in that person. Um, it takes a my wife would tell you this too. It takes a <laughs> special type of person to work with me, right? Okay. Um, I'm very um easy going, very laid back as long as everything is going like we like we agreed to, right? Mm. Um but when things are at a slower tempo or If the push and the will is not there, I'm going to push you and everybody don't like to be pushed and, and, and not even in a bad way, I'm just going to hold you accountable and then motivate you and encourage you to do better. And I'm going to say in a aggressive way, but always in a way that never demean anybody, you know what I'm saying? Never like in your face type of thing. But Romel, look, dude, we you came in here, you said that you wanted to get this done. You said that, hey, in, in a month's time, this is where you want to be at. I look at all of your stuff, right? You tell me if, if this activity is where you think you need to be for what you say that you want to get done. Mm. Right? What what like what's what's going on? Okay, now we know that. What what do we need to do? Not not what do you need to do? What do we need to do? What do you need from me? So I make sure that you get to where you're going. Right. And then I'm gonna be there every single day.
0: It's similar to what you said earlier about this
1: is where I'm at. This is where I'm going. And what do we every need to- single day. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. And some people don't don't necessarily like that. And um, I, I tell this story when, when I'm out doing my motivational speaking. So, I got a beautiful wife, right? But every now and again, oh, I'm overweight. I got to lose 10 pounds. You know, I was like, you, you're good. No, no, no. I want to lose 10 pounds. Um, this is I- all wives, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: so, it's not can, just his.
1: <laughs> can, can I come work out with you? You want to come work out with me? <laughs>
0: You sure you want to do that? Be careful what you ask for. You sure right? you
1: want to do that? You yeah. go, so you're gonna get up at 5 30? You gonna get up at 5 30 and come work out? Okay, yeah, I'm gonna do it. Um and I'm gonna eat just like you eat too. You sure you wanna do that? <laughs> okay, so the same thing, right? Right. You say you wanna lose these 10 pounds. You 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 you're committing to this, and now you're asking me to commit to it also, right? So now you got me committed. So at 5.30, it's time to get up, right? No, come on, let's go. Like, oh, oh, can can I get another 15 minutes? No. (laughs) No, you cannot. Get up. It's time to go. Like, I'm getting ready, and Mm -hmm. we need to be in the gym, like, in five minutes. Let's get it. Yeah. And and let me say this. That's not all the time. Like, my wife is good about working out. But it's those times when you have to, you know, hold people to what they say that they want to get accomplished. That's right. And now we get into the gym on, on these certain days and it's like, oh, I'm kind of slow poking and this and that. Listen, like that ain't going to get it. That, that's not going to get it. You said that you wanted to do this. And then I'll, I'll probably go into some type of motivational story or something like, let's go. Let's get it. Like I said, I get it. I get aggressive. she be like, why are you hollering at me? I'm not hollering at you. I'm just I'm just intense right now. Let's go. (laughs) And then, you know, I will drag you (laughs) along yeah. because I committed to it, right? Yeah. So don't get me committed and don't think that I'm not going to hold hold my end of the bargain. That's right. And that's just the way that I was wired. That's why I say it takes a special person to want to come in and, and work with me. Yeah. Um, and I say with me very intentionally, not for me, because I've heard that this a few times. This is all about what you want to get accomplished. You remember that one, three, five year? Yeah. What do you want to get accomplished? And I'm here just to make sure that the, the soil is fertile enough and that it's watered. So when you plant your seeds, you, you're going to, it's going to be some crops growing mm. for the both of us. I'm not going to hide that, hey, I'm going to profit off of it too. But if I put the people that's working with me, in winning situations consistently, and they're winning, and I build enough winners, <laughs> guess what? We, gonna, we all gonna win the championship. That's right. We all gonna win the championship, and, and um, not everybody could play at a championship level. And going back to the original point, man, I be getting off the point. <laughs> going back to the original point, to bring people who are already have books, Worked at other places, did other things. Um, sometimes it's hard to to break those the old, culture, culture in our culture. Yeah, fit. yeah, and and that's why uh, you know more than anything the the couple the couple people that I kind of coached out the door that that was the reason why. Got it. Yeah, got it. So you started with two. Where are we at now? So started with started with two. We got all the way up to eight. Okay those couple people that I said I had to coach out the door um along with that came the 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 person that supported them um that that hurt the most mm. to to have to let those two go because they were dependent on the two producers so now now we're back down to we we're, we're at 5 now okay at 5 people okay and it's five it's five go getters it's five people that Tell them, listen, if we had to go to war today, we'll probably lose because there's only five of us. <laughs> but we're going to fight our ass off. The we're going to go down swinging. That's right. And that's all you ask for, man. So um, these five people that I have right now are great. We are. We are. So we, we're, we're prepping one to be the model of what we're looking for. And then we're going to duplicate him. Once we get him set, ready to go, then we're going to promote him, bring in people up onto him so he can teach them everything that we taught him. And then the the game plan is hopefully two out of those four, they they stick. Then we take those two. Now we got three people at that level of of being salespeople, sales managers. And now we recruit four more up onto those three. Now we got 12, so on and so hmm. forth. That's the model that we're creating right now. And that's why I say um, we would tend to lean towards younger people with less experience than people that's bringing over books um, with more experience. But not to say that we won't entertain that also. Got it.
0: Got it. What's what's your weekly payroll looking like, man?
1: A little bit too much, man. (laughs) Um. Let me think. Let me think. I don't know what I know. My overall expenses right now mm-hmm. is um right around eighteen grand. Not eighteen. Right around eighteen grand a month when you when you throw an office payroll and all of that good stuff. Got it.
0: Okay. So you said about eighteen grand a, a week. Each, no, a month. A month. Yeah. A month. Okay. So we're, yeah. we're, we're making some moves, man.
1: Making some things happen. Not 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 not. Ask me how much money we made this month already. <laughs> All right.
0: So um I got another question. <laughs> hey Desmond, how how much money you guys made this month? This so
1: has this has been our best month. Okay. It is April 19th. It's April 19th. April nineteenth. We're already at a gross profit of forty three thousand. Mm. This mm. month. This a- is- and and we're only
0: halfway through the month. Yes.
1: This has been our best month so far. Wow. So now you look at the 18 grand, we done clear overhead and and Plenty of, plenty of profit in there already um so it's, it's been a really good month and, and that's how I really look at things like I give my guys I they they know all of the numbers they know what I pay for everything right I give it to them I show them because I want them to understand how they affect the bottom line and how to affect everything you know and with and with that with us being at that you know 40 plus thousand of, of gross profit, They know they got bonuses coming on top of that. Yeah. Because when we hit a certain level, we give bonuses. So it's one thing for people to come to work and just work, but it's another thing for them to come to work and understand the actual business side of it and what they mean to the business when it comes to the finances. And I want them to always understand that because I think when they can see that, they understand the impact of their jobs and what they do.
0: Now, that makes sense. The uh the the carrier broker relationship is one that's very um sometimes volatile. Mm-hmm. What 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 do you just give me your uh what what do you say to carriers watching when we talk about, you know, brokers making money and so forth and so on like What's just your thoughts around it? How 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 are you guys making sure that you're fair to the guys who are right. actually out there making these deliveries and making making uh, it possible for you to make money and feed your family and feed all your employees' families and so forth and so on?
1: I'm the first one to say that the the two most important people are the people that actually make the product and the people that's got to get the product there, right? We're middleman. I don't. I, I'm not hiring from hiring from that at all. Right. We, we're, we're the middleman, and they're the most important too. And for me to say, oh man, we made 40, 40 plus thousand dollars. I, I bet it's some of them carriers out there like you <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> but for us, I think, I think really with the carriers, their beef is more with the big, the big brokers because they control the market. Right, like,
0: the TQLs and-
1: I don't control the, the market. Yeah, I don't, I don't control the market. I mean, we're doing a few million a few million in, in revenue um, a year, you know, projected. I don't control that market. But what we do is we honor, we honor the carriers. I have a guy that, that he track and trace every single load. Matter of fact, just this morning, we had a couple of uh, tonals that we had to pay. And I told, we, we, we hadn't gotten the um, the invoices from the carriers yet. I say, hey, go go ahead and reach out to those carriers and let them know that we have the invoice. But I want you to word it like this Say, hey, we recognize that we owe you a tonu in order for us to, to get you paid in a quick fashion. I forgot the words that I use. Um, get you paid quickly. Uh, can you please send over your carrier invoice? I say, make sure you put we recognize that we owe you, because I want to show them respect that. We owe you. We're going right. to pay you. Right. You know, I think, I think a lot of the carriers just feel disrespected. Right. And I've seen other places think about the carriers as se- second class citizens. We don't look at it like that. Yeah, the money is one thing, but I believe when you dig down a little deeper and peel back that onion, I think the carriers feel more disrespected than anything, anything else. So I tell my guys, all oh, talk to those guys with respect. Give them the respect that they deserve. We've never had, we've never had problems with carriers. Mm. And I believe that just comes from the respect that we give them. And a lot of times they can say some crazy things. And once we hang up the phone, we may laugh at some of the stuff that goes on. Right. You know, just being guys and in, in, in there, but when we when we're talking to them, utmost respect, utmost respect, because yeah. they deserve it.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Talk to me about uh, the goals for Bear Now. You said you just had a, a your 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 biggest month, or you're on track having, to do your biggest month, yeah. having your biggest month. So, what are some other goals that you guys have for the rest of the year and for the next couple of years?
1: So, I came into this with a goal of creating a company that has a hundred million dollars in revenue within five years. And why, why that go? Uh, it has a lot to do with me playing football and, and pulling back that onion again. I, I always thought I was more than just a ball player. Like I actually get bothered when I see people that look at me and like, oh, he's just a ball player. Told I told you I made $15 million total in the NFL. Well, now when you go and you look at the average margin for a broker, it's right around 12, 15, 18%, somewhere in there. So 15% of 100 million is how much? 15 million. Mm-hmm. Right, wrong, or indifferent? That's what I'm trying to prove to myself is that I'm much more than a than a ball player, mm. and when I when I get there, not if I get there, when I get there, then I will have proven that to myself that I'm much more than a ball player um and that's what we're driving for, and all of my guys understand the reason why that goal is there, my selfish motivations behind it, <laughs> but as I tell them and what like I want to know from them is what is your vision and why right. They know my vision and why, so that's that's where we're going man, that's where we're driving to, and how are we're going to get there by bringing on those people that's willing to be great, yeah, and using this vehicle of logistics as a proven ground of your willingness to be great,
0: yeah. Yeah, you, you talked a little bit earlier, I just want to touch on it real quick about your strategy has changed in terms of the type of freight that you look for. Are you guys more niched now or are you still kind of just going after uh, all different opportunities?
1: No, um, we've, we've, we've really kind of narrowed our, our market down or to who we really focus on. Uh, we've entered into a partnership where now we have warehousing now we could do dredge, um, transloading, um, cartage, all of that stuff. Okay, hold on, hold on. We got a warehouse. When do we get the warehouse? We can talk about that. Uh, the warehouse will officially be part of what we do at the end of this month, but okay. we, we've already started working it. Gotcha. As if you know, we just got to get the paperwork right, sign the paperwork. Gotcha. So, so you actually have a space now. Yes. How much? How much space? Hundred thousand square feet. Uh, three warehouses with a total in just over 100,000 square feet all in the Tampa area. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we um, we didn't pivot. We, we narrowed our focus. So now that company is an asset-based company, um, 14 trucks total. So within a month, we'll be able to say that we're asset-based okay. also. Oh, so this is like a, a, a partnership or acquisition? This, this will be a partnership. Okay. We, we will eventually become one company. Um, but we're just going to start the partnership as two individuals. They focus on the warehousing. Got it. We focus on the logistics. Got it. Um, so now what we're focused on is, again, I'm going to use that word, dominate. We want to dominate the Florida my- market. We're going after freight forwarders that move product in these ports of Florida, Jacksonville, Miami, Tampa, right? That's our direct market. We want to let them know and be the authority and be the the dominating force here in Florida for anybody who's bringing shipments through these ports. Okay. So when I say we we kind of pivoted, I don't really mean pivot, we just kind of narrow the focus but still having the capability of using our broker side for the other 48 states. I look at it like this, you got the needle, you know, you got a little hole in the needle and you gotta put the thread in there, right? Mm-hmm. So the thread is the state of Florida. I mean, the needle is the, thre- the state of Florida. You put the thread in there. And now once you as a shipper gain confidence in us, cause you've been moving stuff throughout the state of Florida, Well, the state of Florida is not the only state that you move shipments, but first we want to show you that we could dominate everything that you're bringing through the state of Florida, and now pull that thread through the needle and show you the full range of capabilities. I felt that, my new partner felt that, instead of saying we can do every state, right, well we... We gotta be we we talked a little bit about podcasting earlier and, and what I'm trying to do. And you said you gotta know your market, right? Right. And and you gotta you gotta know who you're talking to. Well, that's what we decided on. We're talking to that, that person um or that company that's moving moving um containers through the state of Florida. Gotcha. And that's where it all begins. And just like you said, once they gain confidence. Now you can start to add other things around that, right? So that's our kind of new strategy. Yeah. although we, we won't shed things, we won't shed opportunities out that come to us, you know, across the United States. But everything that we say, everything that we do, everything that we put out there, is going to be about if you're in Florida or bringing anything through Florida off off the boats we are the dominant team that you need to call
0: got it it makes sense we're we're, i mean there's a lot of talk around like just the the rates and stuff in florida and the opportunities in florida where where are the opportunities in in florida because if you look at from a a national scale it's like everybody wants to stay the hell away from florida
1: it's good coming in it's like once once you get in going out you can't get out right 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 you're gonna get out with a loss (laughs) yeah yeah, man. You see these rates, man. Oh, god. I seen some rates leaving out of Florida that wasn't even a, a dollar per mile. Right. It's bad. It's bad. But here's the thing: if you just stay within Florida, you can do okay. But if you're leaving out of Florida, you—I mean—you're in for a bloodbath until you get into Georgia or South Carolina or Alabama or somewhere else. Yeah. So um, and that's
0: been—it's been that way for some time. This, this is not nothing new, but I think it's just, it's the worst it's ever been now.
1: Well, remember, I just got in in yeah, May, yeah, yeah. so yeah. this is all I know. Yeah. <laughs> got you. This, this is all I know is like once you come into Florida, man. Good luck. Getting now. <laughs> so, um, and one of one of our one of our game plans is a lot of these Florida drivers, man. If they can just stay within Florida and stay home, that's a good deal for them because, like I said, trying to get out, you know, they they're taking a loss. So we're actually out looking for. Carriers that want to remain within the state because we have so much dredge opportunity right now um, with a couple couple big customers um, that's that's shipping a lot of products. So we're 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 out looking for more capacity for dredge. Mm. And I mean, one one of our customers, it's a 30, 30 mile round trip, and we're paying three hundred dollars for a round trip, and you can do three three of those a day most days. Got it. Um you know, sometimes get back, backed up at the port. So you may have to do two, but if you do two, then we do pre-pulls, two miles, $75. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity within the state that we're trying to to take advantage of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, man. Well, uh, definitely been a great conversation. I, I, I understand where you came from, and I definitely understand where you're going and the vision uh, so I appreciate the transparency and the talk. Uh, before we wrap, we have to do two things. Number one, we have to let everybody know where they can connect with you and learn mm-hmm. more about Bear Down Logistics and also yourself, Desmond Clark. And then lastly, we have to have a, a final thought, which I know you're going to do a really good job on because you're a motivational speaker. So the final thought is just anything entrepreneurial, spiritual, whatever you want to leave the audience with. Just um, some parting parting wisdom. And um, then we'll get out of here, man. So let's start with uh, where people can find you and learn more about the business and learn more about yourself.
1: This is important. Let me look right into the camera. Okay. You can find us at www.beardown-dash or hyphen, however you do it. Don't forget the dash or the hyphen, logistics.com. If you just look up BeardownLogistics.com, you're not going to find us. You're going to find somebody else. So go there, look look for us there. Social media, Des Clark eighty eight on Instagram. Uh, but if you really want to connect with me, go over to LinkedIn. That's where we do most of our marketing and messaging. But um, I'm out there, man. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm like Deion Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't that hard to find? We coming. We coming. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. And then, really, the the thought the thought that I want to leave everybody with is this. Um, this is this is my number one principle. All you have is your word and your name, and that's huge in business, but it's also huge as a person because whatever, whatever you believe as a person, whatever that word and name means to you is going to come out in everything that you do. So first thing is this, is to define what your word and your name means to you. I don't think enough people really define what they want that to mean to themselves. And then secondly, we got to define what that word and your name Is going to mean to everybody else. Mm. And then once we do that, that's what we call brand. And understand that you as a person, you're a brand, you're a business. I don't care if you work for somebody. And this is something that people don't understand. If you work with some, if you work for somebody, you're still a business. A business is really defined as something, some entity, you, that gives a service, provides a service in exchange for a payment. Yeah. That's what we all do. So what do you want your business or your name and your word to mean to you and what you want it to mean to other people? And then that becomes your brand. And that's what we all about.
0: Man. I love it. If you can't respect that, your whole perspective is whack. (laughs) Hustle fam, you know what we do around this time, man. If you smell something burning, it's only your desire. This has been another amazing episode with my man, president and CEO of Bear Down Logistics, former NFL athlete, but more than an athlete because he's going to do 15 mil in logistics just like he did 15 mil in the game. Man, Desmond. That's yes, sir. appreciate your time, sir. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate the platform. I, I, man. I see that. I see that ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. see that thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's
1: see that ring. You know what? We we got we got yeah. the conference today. So I, you yeah. know I gotta yeah. extend that hand. I know people like, oh, <laughs> what's that? And then they want to start a conversation. <laughs> ring- it's called a conversation starter. <laughs> that ring is serious, baby. <laughs> that ring is
0: serious. <laughs> Listen, hustle fam, we out. Till next time. Later.
1: If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks. Don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and Hustle. Let's go!